Welcome to What You Say in English, the podcast where you can get feedback on your speaking skills. Just send your recording, and Frank will tell you what you're doing great and where you probably need to improve on. What are you waiting for? We want to hear what you say in English. This is another episode of What You Say in English, the podcast in which I listen to what you say in English and I give you feedback. I will tell you what you're doing great and what you probably need to improve on. Last week I told you that I was planning on doing an episode on telling anecdotes. Now, this is a skill that not many people have because great storytellers, they usually have this incredible way of getting you inside the story. Now I'm going to tell you what the secret is to tell a great anecdote in English. I don't know if that applies to your own language, but at least in English, this is the way it works. First, I'm going to start with a definition. I'm going to tell you what the parts of an anecdote are, and I will tell you uh, some of the features, uh, what what anecdotes contain, and I will give you some, we will of course, we will have an example, a real-life example that I have chosen, and I will talk about some of the problems that I have encountered in my, you know, my job as a teacher, all the situations that many students usually have, and, you know, what you can do to improve and, you know, to become great storytellers. Being a great storyteller is something that has always been appreciated by a lot of people. How many times have you been at a party and, you know, a lot of people... Uh, in your own language, a lot of people ask you to tell a story, you know, the time when you did something, and, you know, it's something really funny, but you would like to do the same in English. Well, today is the day in which you will learn how to do it. So after this episode, I would love to hear your stories and anecdotes. So feel free to record yourself, send me the recording, and you can share with the rest of the world what you can do. But before we get down to business, let's take a listen to our sponsor. How long have you been preparing for your IELTS exam and still don't know how to improve? TakeIELTS.net takes your exam preparation a step further by mixing real-life mock exams with full reports on your performance written by real IELTS examiners. More than 53,000 test takers have benefited from a recognized and trusted mock exam with high reliability and high-quality standards. Save 10% in your next order with what you say in English. Go to takeielts.net and use the code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, during checkout. Yes, that's right. You can use our own very special code WISE, that's W-Y-S-E, what you say in English, to enjoy the 10% discount at takeielts.net. Now, let's get down to business. You might wonder, what is an anecdote? Well, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, the definition of an anecdote is a short, often funny story, especially about something someone has done. Now, in spoken discourse, it is usually grouped with other forms of narratives, such as stories or jokes, and, and they are usually referred to as, you know, a highly regarded talent, probably in all cultures. I don't think that telling anecdotes is, is something seen as bad in 
in any culture in the world. I think everybody enjoys a good story, especially when the story is well told and well developed. As it occurs in all forms of narratives, the the stages, and this is, you know, I'm going to tell you about the parts of how how the, the um, anecdote is usually formed. The steps are usually as follows. The first thing that, that occurs is you begin with an abstract. And the abstract answers the question of what the story is about. Then, after the abstract, you go to the orientation. Now, in the orientation, we have three questions. So, the first question is, who are the participants? Then, when and where the action happened? And in which circumstances? These are the three main questions that orient the listener, the people who are listening to your story, and, you know, uh, locate them in a context. After you have established what the story is about and what the context is, in terms of the people involved, the place, and the time, and the circumstances, then you get to the complicating event, the main event. What happened? What problems occurred? After the complicating event, you got the resolution. How did the events sort themselves out? I mean, how did they come to a conclusion? What finally happened in the story? And after that, we have the coda. C-O-A-D. Coda. The coda is the bridge between the events in the story and the present situation of the narration. You have to bring it to the present at some point. And this is usually what, what makes the story worth listening. There is an evaluation. There's a part which we call evaluation. But the evaluation usually comes from the people listening. I will get to that point later. So, in summary, we have five parts of an anecdote. We begin with an abstract, what the story is about. Then the orientation, who are the participants, when and where it happened, and, and why. Then we have the complicating event, which is the main problem. We have the resolution, how everything f uh, finished. And then we have the coda. And then you have the evaluation, you know, what the story, what, what's the point of the story? So what? You know, what happens? I mean, why am I listening to the story? But even though this is the main part, these are the main parts of an anecdote, in reality, the abstract and the coda don't really need to be there in the first place. The abstract and the coda may not be present in all anecdotes, you know, for them to be an anecdote. And the evaluation may occur at any stage. Remember that this is something that it's very fluent. I mean, it, it goes, it flows in the conversation. And depending on the people, depending, depending on the people listening to you, depending on the relation you have with other people, the evaluation can come at any level. I mean, the abstract doesn't necessarily have to occur. And the, the um, coda doesn't have to happen either. I mean, it, it can be understood in the context, you know, for it to be a, a story. The, the parts of, the, of an anecdote do not necessarily have to follow, you know, this predetermined order either. What is more, the story can overlap in different layers of orientation and, and complicating events. Uh, this all depends on how simple or, you know, intricate the story is or how acquainted the listeners are with the background information necessary to evaluate the story. Many experts even suggest that anecdotes don't need any clear resolution because in reality, what we're looking for is the reaction from the listeners. You know, what kind of reaction? We are looking for amazement, 
frustration, embarrassment, humiliation, you know, all those things that, you know, make the story fun to hear. This all sounds like too much terminology. Let's listen. I chose this example. The example comes from um, the Graham Norton show. It's a British television show, a variety show. It's a talk show in which Graham Norton uh, interviews a lot of famous people, celebrities, singers, and, you know. And on this occasion, we have Will Smith, you know, the famous Hollywood actor Will Smith, telling a story of how he started writing his music. Remember that he started as a rapper first and then became an actor. So let's take a listen. Is it clear that you, you shocked your granny when you were starting out with your music? That I shocked my granny? Yeah. Shock. Oh, no, shot her. Shocked Shut her. Shocked her. Shocked her. Yeah. yeah. An accidental shooting in the Smith yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. I shot my granny. <laughs> I want to be real hardcore hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Granny. Bye, bye Grandma. Bye. <laughs> That's for Graham Norton. <laughs> didn't she find? Didn't she find your lyrics? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, my my uh, my rap book. I started I started writing my my raps when I was about twelve. So I had my book, and you know, I want you know, I wanted to be a rapper. So I had all, all of my curse words and my four-letter words and and everything in there. And my grandmother found my rap book, <laughs> and she never said anything. And she just turned to the back page, and she wrote, uh, "Dear Willard, that's my you know, you knew that was my real I name, knew right? That. Willard, I, you yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah dear, dear, I'll just use Will because Willard feels weird." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she was a dear Willard, truly intelligent people do not have to use words like this to express themselves. Please show the world that you're as smart as we think you are. Love, Gigi. And Aww. from that point, I never put profanity in my rap music. Oh, what a lovely story. Mm. That is sweet. <laughs> That's a lovely story. <laughs> Well, as you have heard, this anecdote has a lot of the elements. I would say that it has all the basic elements that I just mentioned before. That's why I chose it. So let's start to analyze it. Do you remember the first element that I mentioned in the beginning? Yes, the abstract. In this case, the abstract was done by Graham Norton, you know, the conductor, the host of the show. He says this. That you, you shocked your granny when you were starting out with your music. And he also says this. Didn't she find, didn't she find your lyrics? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What he's doing is that he's setting the situation. He's uh, basically telling everybody, he's asking Will Smith to start the anecdote because obviously he, uh, at that moment, he, he doesn't have any intention to tell the story. So he's basically initiating the anecdote by asking him, making questions. So we know the story is about his grandmother that he shocked, uh, you know, he, he scared his grandmother because of the lyrics that he had written. He says, didn't, didn't she find your lyrics or something? Then we get to the second stage, which is the orientation. Now, the orientation is done by Will Smith. He says this. No, my my uh, my rap book. I started I started writing my my raps when I was about twelve. 
So we know that it the story involves his rap book, uh, the book where he kept the notebook where he kept his uh, rap lyrics, and it happened when he was 12 years old. So we know uh, when it happened and how it happened. I mean, the elements that were part of the situation. We know the circumstances. Now, the third step is the complicating events. Now, listen to what he says. So I had my book and, you know, I want, you know, I wanted to be a rapper. So I had all, all of my curse words and my four letter words and, and everything in there. And my grandmother found my rap book. Well, in this part, you noticed that his grandmother, I mean, he kept a, a notebook in which he uh, wrote a lot of, you know, bad words and curse words, you know, things that um, a teenager w shouldn't probably write about. And his grandmother found the rap book. And of course, this is, you know, the complicating event. After this, we go to the resolution, how the events finally uh, developed. So what happened at the end of the story? Let's listen again to Will Smith. And she never said anything, and she just turned to the back page, and she wrote, uh, Dear Willard, that's my, you know, you knew that was my real I name, right? Willard, I, you yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah, yeah dear, dear, I'll just use Will, because Willard feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was like, Dear Willard, truly intelligent people do not have to use words like this to express themselves. Please show the world that you're as smart as we think you are. Love, Gigi. So as you can hear, Will Smith tells, tells this part of the story in which his grandmother writes a note, a very lovely note, of course, at the end of the rap book, you know, telling him not to write profanity in his music. And this is what he says later. I mean, he, uh, but basically this is how the events finally uh, developed. It is what finally happened. And now the last part, remember it's the coda. The coda is the bridge between the past events and the present. How the, the past events have an effect in our present and probably in our future. In the case of Will Smith's anecdote, it is very short. Listen to this. And from that point, I never put profanity in my rap music. As you heard, Will Smith says that from that moment on, he didn't put profanity in his music. And immediately after that, Graham Norton, you know, the host of the show, he gives his reaction. Oh, what a lovely story. Mm. That is sweet. <laughs> That's a lovely story. Of course, he says that it's a lovely story, that it's a beautiful story to hear. That is the reaction that, you know usually uh, we want to get when we tell an anecdote well in this case it's it's a funny i mean will smith makes it funny uh, he uses several elements to make it funny and graham norton gives his reaction now remember that this reaction doesn't have to be at the end when you deliver the coda uh, the moral of the story the reaction can happen at any moment and any time of the uh, when you're when you're telling the anecdote also, do you remember last week when we talked about back channels? Remember that back channels are the very short expressions and things we say at the same time or, you know, when the, the other person is speaking just to show that we are paying attention. You know, th uh, typical expressions like, oh, okay, mm-hmm, mm, that's interesting. You know, Graham Norton, if you listen to the story again, you will hear that at, at some points... At different points of the uh, delivery of the uh, anecdote, Graham Norton gives his reaction. Uh, for example, when Will Smith uh, says that he prefers to be to, to, to use the name Will because Willard, which is his real name, uh, sounds a little weird. 
um, you know, Graham Norton says a few things like, yeah, yeah, we're friends, we're friends. Those are the kind of back channels. I mean, and remember that back channels are not asking for a turn. I mean, they're not making, when you, when you give a back channel, it doesn't mean that you want to speak. I mean, you just let the other person know that you're paying attention and you don't want to interrupt the story in itself. I mean, you don't want to uh, say, you don't want to reclaim your turn to speak. You basically give a reaction and, and you know, by using a back channel. So remember that back channels are also important. So, do you remember all the steps to tell a good story, an anecdote in English? Let's remember. We have the abstract, you know, in which we uh, tell what the story uh, is going to be about. Then we have the orientation, you know, we locate the story in a place and time in the past. Then we go to the complicating events, you know, what really happened. Then we go to the resolution, you know, how the events finished. And, and how they developed, what happened at the end. Then, of course, we give a coda. I think the coda is nice because you say why the story is worth listening. You say why the story is so interesting. And, you know, the coda might explain why you're telling the anecdote in the first place. I mean, it would explain something you do now because of something that happened to you in the past. And usually, you know, the, your listeners, the people who are paying attention to your story, will give you a reaction. Even though you can also, you know, have a reaction yourself. You can say things like, oh my god, I felt really embarrassed, or oh my god, that was so embarrassing, or I felt really happy, I was, you know, over the moon, you know, that's a kind of reaction that you had in that moment, but it's also considered a reaction when you tell an anecdote. So this is all for now. I hope that I have helped you how to tell a story. I know that it's not easy. And remember the secret, and this is the, the, the big tip that I want to give you. Remember that it's the complicated thing about telling a story is making sense of the story. I know that managing and handling the grammar aspect, you know, the, the vocabulary and the grammar are not so easy, but repetition is the clue. I mean, the, the more times you tell the story, the better you become at it, the better you tell the story. And when you hear people's reactions, and when you know, for example, that what parts of the story are really interesting and really funny, you refine them next time you tell the story. Make sure that you have one or two anecdotes that you can tell in English, that you can tell other people in English, and memorize them. I mean, practice them. Remember that practice makes perfect. I'm sure you do this in your own language when you tell a story, when you tell an anecdote. I mean, you tell the story many, many times. And the following time you tell the story, you become better. And that's that's the whole point. So do you want to tell me any anecdote you've lived? Something funny that happened to you in the past? I would love to hear what you say in English. I mean, I would love to hear a recording in which you tell me a story, you tell me an anecdote. And of course, the best ones, I will put them in my podcast. And the time has come to say goodbye. This is the saddest part of the show, isn't it? But don't feel bad. Remember that every Sunday I will post another episode. And next week I have a few people from the Masters of English Facebook group who have recorded themselves, uh, giving some introductions, and they said a lot of interesting things. 
some of them are basic learners some of them have a little more confidence but i believe that you will enjoy the kind of feedback that i have prepared for them so stay tuned next week we'll be back for more of what you say in english until next week bye bye